Welcome. This sermon podcast is a production of Refresh Community Church, where Dr. Carlos Smith is our lead pastor. Our vision is to see our hearts refreshed by Christ's presence, our relationships renewed for Christ's purpose, our lives rebuilt by Christ's power, and our communities restored by Christ's people. We pray that you are blessed by today's message, and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Uh, through this time period of pursuing after him. Um, Now, I just want to take a moment and let y'all know that we have a preacher in the house. Um, Amen. And unless you think uh, I've just gotten on an ego trip, I'm not talking about me, okay? Uh, Like, 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 y'all, I'm about to throw that like that's not what I'm saying. Uh, We actually have uh, one of our ministers today who will be sharing the gospel, and he needs no introduction. Y'all already know him. Minister Charlton Stubblefield will be preaching the gospel for us today. And he'll be continuing forward in our series through Luke. He already preached a dynamic message at the 9 a.m., but he's going to come up. And I'm so grateful for Charlton uh, because not only is he he a great preacher, he's a great lover of Jesus, a great pursuer um, of our Christ, and he's also a dear brother to me. We have uh, been friends for a long time, and he is just one of my closest friends and brothers um, and someone who walks alongside with me. And I'm also excited because not only is he, you know, he preaches from time to time for us here on Sunday mornings, but he is also working closely as we develop um, our grow track and how we are um, how we are focusing on curriculum and bringing about more structure to our teaching. He's in part uh, part of that as well. And so um, Minister Charlton Stubblefield is going to come in his own way and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So help me welcome my brother Charlton Stubblefield. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What a privilege it is to come before you today and stand and preach God's glorious gospel of grace. First of all, I would like to give an honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, who loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood and who has made us kings and priests. To him be glory and honor, dominion and power both now and forever. He is our savior and he is so kind. And my pastor and my dear friend, Dr. Carlos Smith, I'm so blessed to have a friendship, a brother in Christ like him and a pastor. We are so blessed to have a leader that leads well and that rightly divides the word of truth. We are so thankful for him and his service to the kingdom. God bless you, my brother. And to the deacons and the um, elders of the church, may God bless you and brothers and sisters, grace and peace to each and every one of you. There is a word that God has for us at this hour. And if you have your Bibles, we are continuing the Luke um, series. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through 32. Once you have it, could you please stand for the reading of God's word? And it says, after this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. The Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? 
And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have, come, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. May the Lord have the blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. You may be seated with the help of the Holy Spirit today. I would like to preach this message. The title is A Scandalous Call. A scandalous call. Let us pray. Father, I'm nothing more but a scandal, a sinner, Lord, who has been graced out by you, Father. I'm nothing more but a broken pen in your hands. It is you who writes. Father, I pray that you may write through your Holy Spirit, Denny, Father, in the hearts of men, Lord, that they may hear and receive the good news of eternal life, that Christ Jesus has came into the world to save us, Father, and believing in him, we shall have eternal life, Father. Lord, I ask all this in Jesus Christ's name, I pray, amen. The Webster Dictionary defines scandalous as shocking and offensive. Shocking and offensive. Jesus came into the world to preach the good news, our gospel. If one really understands and grasps the gospel that Jesus preached, they will understand how controversial and offensive it is to some. Many Jews of Jesus' days were offended by the message of Jesus. For if you read in 1 Corinthians 1.23 in the Amplified Version, it states, We preach Christ." crucified. To the Jews, it is a scandal and an offensive stumbling block, and to the Gentiles, it is absurd and utterly unphilosophically nonsense. Today, the gospel that Jesus preached and that we preach is still offensive and controversial to others, for the gospel tells us that in the eyes of God, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We of all are in the category of sin, and we are all worthy of eternal condemnation, separation from God. The gospel puts everyone in the same category. The person in the White House is no different than a person in the crack house. The person wearing the Armani suit living in suburban America is no different than a person homeless on the street begging for bread. The version is no different than the prostitute. The CEO of a Fortune 500 company is no different than a drug dealer swinging dope on the street. The Harvard grad is no different than the person with just a GED. For the scripture has concluded that no matter how good and how nice and how polished that you look, the scripture has concluded that we are all under sin and fall short with the, the glory of God. We are all sick, infected, infirm with sin. In the eyes of God, we are all destined and worthy of hell. The gospel also tells us, and this can be shocking and appalling and offensive to some, that you cannot get it right yourself. All the counseling in the world will not fix you. All the chakras and the mindfulness meditations and the yoga and the working out that you do cannot fix you and remove the tainting of sin. There is no self-help book that can make you right before God. 
Not only that, the gospel also tells us that there is only one person. Although it is inclusive, it includes the messages for everyone is exclusive because the gospel excludes all other beliefs. Because the gospel says that there's only one way, there's only one person, there's only one belief that can make you right before God. While Buddha said, I know not the truth, Confucius says, I am not the way. Muhammad said that I do not know where I go when I die. Jesus Christ said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father except by me. There is not many ways. There is one way. There is not many persons that can get you right and can make you right before God. There is only one person. There is not your truth, my truth. There is only the truth spoken by the Son of God. And for that to many, it is offensive. But not only the gospels for some, the message is offensive. Another thing that is offensive to some is who God shares the gospel to. Who God calls and invites to share his kingdom with. Who God blesses and allows to receive the forgiveness of sin to. It was offensive to the Jews. And today I just want to spend a couple of minutes talking to you about this scandalous call. If you look in the Gospel of Luke, it says that in verse 29, after this, he went out. Let me give you just a quick background of what has happened. If you look in Luke chapter 5, the first chapter in the first verse, that he called a scandalous person by the name of Peter to become one of his apostles. You, we all know Peter. Peter was a little bit rough around the edges. He had a temper. The scripture says that he once took a knife and cut a man's ear off. He was a little bit rough around the edges, and he wasn't seeking Jesus. Jesus sought him. And Peter understood how scandalous and how much a scumbag he was because when Jesus took the fish and gave him the fish, Peter said to him, listen, I am a sinner. Go somewhere else. But Jesus didn't judge him. Jesus didn't criticize him. Jesus says, from this forth, I'm calling you to be a fisherman of man. And Jesus, that gives me confidence because Jesus calls scandalous people. And the text says that he then healed a leopard who came to him. Then his text says that he healed a paralyzed man that came to him. And the first point that I want you to write down is that Jesus calls scandalous people. And he was so focused on calling that no matter how successful Jesus' ministry was, he was always focused on the mission. If you look in Luke chapter 4, verse 41, it says that Jesus was so successful in his ministry and what he was doing is his teaching that the people wanted him to stay. But Jesus says, no, 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 I can't stay. There's other towns that need to hear the eulogia, the good news, and I have come for them also. And the text goes on and says that after this, after the success of his ministry, and we, we need to monitor that and look at this because oftentimes we like to stay put when our ministry succeed. We like to stay put when we are blessed and we forget the mission, we forget that we are, the church is not a building, but it's a people. The church is not an organization, it is an organism. The temple is within you. And guess what, child of God, that because you are a part of the body of Christ, wherever you go, you bring the church with you. 
Do you understand? I said that wherever you go, you bring the church with you. Guess what? When you go to work and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you bring in the church. When you are at a restaurant, guess what? You bring in the church. When you are in a bar, guess what? You bring in the church. And Jesus was so focused on his mission that he said that he went out. He did not stay put. He went out. And that's something that we must take note because uh, a lot of times we just want to stay put. We want to stay in our comfort zone. But Jesus didn't tell the church to stay. Jesus told the church to go. The Bible says, he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. And lo, I am with you even until the ends of the world. So Jesus, he could have been, he could have stayed put, but the scripture says that he went out. And it's important for us as believers in Jesus Christ to go out because the Bible says that we are the light of the world, which means that wherever there is darkness as light of the world, there should be some light. Uh, not only that, Jesus says that you are the salt of the earth, which means the salt was, was to preserve the meat. And wherever there's a place where things are getting corrupted, then you should be there because you are the salt of the earth. And no matter how holy Jesus was, Jesus wanted to call scandalous people and give them the good news of his kingdom. We, we, we must go. And I think that Jesus, uh, he, he understood this, that there's a lot of people in the world that the world has chewed out. They are tired of the world. They know that the world has nothing to offer, and they tired. They tired of being deceived by the lies of the world. They are tired of the things of the world, and they are just waiting for somebody to come and bring them good news. And child of God, God has called us to go out into the world and tell them people about the good news. The Bible says that after this, he went out. Bible says that, and he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. I, I looked at this, and I was so surprised because the Bible says that Jesus saw. Now, it's different when we see someone and when Jesus sees someone. Because Jesus is the, the eternal God. When Jesus sees someone, he sees the whole person. I say he sees the whole person. And when he sees the whole person, he sees the past, he sees the present, and he sees the future. And Jesus saw every vile thing that the person does. Jesus seen your past. He's seen all your failures. I know sometimes we get parts of us that we don't want to share and we don't want to show anyone about because we think that rugged part of us will make people criticize us and judge us. And sometimes we try to hide it from God and hide it from Jesus. Jesus, and I'm here to tell you, child of God, that Jesus says, no, I see it all. The Bible says that there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed in the eyes of him. He sees your failures. He sees your mistake. He sees your problems. And guess what else? He sees it all, and he still calls you. He still loves you. He still invites you to come and spend eternity with you. The Bible says that he saw a tax collector. Now, in the ancient world, tax collector was considered the most vile person for the Jews. No one, this one commentary said that no one would take a job of a tax collector unless they were already a low-life criminal or loser. In fact, 
one of Jesus' skeptics, in order to try to disprove Jesus, they said, listen, he couldn't possibly be a holy man because he had a scumbag by the name of Matthew who was a tax collector as a disciple. But not only this, what amazes me about Jesus is that Jesus called Simon in the previous verse a zealot, an extremist who hated tax collectors, and then he goes and called the tax collector. Only Jesus can do this. And I'm here to tell you that there's no political party that can bring unity to people. There's no Republican. There's no Democrat. The only thing that can bring unity in the midst of diversity is Jesus Christ in the gospel. So the Bible says that he saw the tax collector. And, and, and notice it gives the description. It says that he was a tax collector by the name of Levi. And sometimes we as Christians, we have this problem where we can't separate the problem from the person. I said we can't separate the problem from the person. We can't separate somebody's sinful problems from the person. Because oftentimes instead of saying they're addicted to this problem, we call them addicts. And I'm here to tell you, child of God, that Jesus, he understands that the true problem of this world is sin. And he understands that everyone has a sickness, but that doesn't define who they are. Jesus sees you. He sees the you that he can restore back to you. And that's the beauty of Jesus. So Jesus sees this tax collector by the name of Levi. And I love Jesus. Jesus is walking. The Bible says that he was sitting on a tax booth. Now, I want you to pay attention to Jesus, that Levi was sitting at the tax booth. He was sitting at the place that was hated. He was sitting at the place that was shameful. He was sitting at the place that the Jews could despise. And a lot of us believers, we are sitting in a place of shame. We are sitting in our past failures. We are sitting in shame because of past failures and past mistakes. And guess what? The only person that can lift you up from that shameful condition is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he saw the tax collector Levi, and he doesn't criticize him. He don't call him scumbag. He don't call him despicable. He doesn't say anything. But Jesus said, listen, I got an invitation for you. Come and follow me. And it's amazing that he says, he tell him to follow him. So the scripture says that he said, follow him. And it's some advantages of following Jesus. See, when you follow Jesus, you follow someone that sticks closer than any brothers. It's some advantage of following Jesus. Because if you follow Jesus, you follow someone who the scripture says, I will never leave you, neither forsake you. I, it's an advantage following Jesus because when you follow Jesus, you follow someone who says that if you just abide in my word, that I know the world lies to you, social media lies to you, Facebook lies to you, but you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free it's the advantage of following Jesus because if you follow Jesus you have it all you have everything you have wealth you have blessings you have favor if you follow Jesus you become a son of Jesus and whatever bothers you bothers Jesus because you are his son so the Bible says this Bible says that the tax collector followed him and, and, and the Bible says that immediately he got up Levi gets up. The scripture says that he gets up and he leaves everything. And a lot of us, we don't see the value of Jesus because the reason that we don't see the value of this Jesus is because we're not willing to leave everything for Jesus. And Jesus said, if you love your father or your mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. Because if you don't see the value of Jesus, 
then you're not worthy of Jesus. But Levi, can I tell you what I think that happened? Levi, he understood his condition. He understood how wicked the world was. He understood everything about the world and said, I'm tired of living like this. Is there a hopeful message for me? And he heard the word of Jesus. It's like the world has nothing to offer. It can't give me nothing. And because of that, I'm willing to leave everything to follow this man named Jesus. The Bible says that he left everything. He did not leave everyone. Look at the text. The text is right there. He left everything, but Levi didn't leave everyone. And a lot of times when we, when we get to Jesus and Jesus comes to us and we become saved, we leave people behind. We, we become too intellectual. We become too rich. We forget where Jesus brought us from, but all of a sudden we are too rich to go in those sketchy neighborhoods to tell people about the good news. We become too polished to speak to anyone. We become too cute to talk to those people. And I'm, can I tell you something? That if, you, if God has taken you out from the ashes and made you beautiful in his eyes, if God has blessed you, you are blessed to be a blessing to others. God has redeemed you and form you and created you and save you not for you to stay put but for you to become a workman under God because the harvest is great but the workers are few so so Levi he, he he doesn't leave everyone in fact Levi and I think this is the genius of Jesus Jesus understood that if his goal was to reach sinners if his goal was to reach sinners, then if I could just get Levi, then guess what Levi's going to do? He's going to get those other people that were just like Levi. And if he get those other people that were just like Levi, they would get other people who were just like Levi. And more and more people would get saved. And the Bible says that Levi, it says that he made a feast for Jesus. And that's another point that I want you to write down later and think about. Because when God transforms you and changes you, the things that you used to do for the world, God now wants you to do for him because Levi used to throw feasts for himself and his friends but now he's a follower of Jesus now he's throwing a feast for Jesus and the Bible says that he brought a large company he brought a large company of tax collectors and others and there's something about this point number two that Jesus cares for scandalous people you know Levi the minute that he's called to follow Jesus he starts becoming an evangelist He's like, listen, I think that, well, if Jesus can change me, if Jesus can fix my brokenness, if Jesus can fix my issue, I got other people in other places that Jesus can do the same thing for me. So he begins to bring these people at the feast of Jesus. And the Bible says that it was tax collectors and others. If you look at the next text, it says those others were sinners. Now, can you imagine who was there? Sometimes I use, try to use my holy imagination just to imagine who, what was happening. The Bible says that the Pharisees and the scribes, they were looking in and they were upset. Levi throwing a feast for Jesus, but they grumbling, complaining about who all there. Can you imagine the Pharisees just quiet looking and saying, man, can you, can you just believe this? You see that Keisha dressing crazy out there? You see what she got on? She's chilling with Jesus. 
Uh, Jimmy just cheated. We know he's a cheater, but he's over there in the room feasting with Jesus. This person is a drunkard, and he's over here feasting with Jesus. And Jesus, guess who was there in the midst amongst all these sinners, upon all these scandalous people? Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the Bible says that he was there with sinners. And it's important for us because a lot of us, we are become so holy that we don't think that we have to do anything with the world. But the Bible says you are in the world, not of the world. The Christian's supposed to influence the world but without being tainted by the world. You're supposed to be light in darkness, salt in things with decay. God wants you, he wants you to be just like Jesus. And what I love about Jesus is that he cared so much that Jesus wasn't afraid what other people said about him the bible says that in the text it says that the pharisees was grumbling about his disciples they was grumbling about his disciples they weren't grumbling about jesus they were grumbling about the disciples there's some people that they they won't speak directly to the leader but but they like to talk to the who the leaders roll with and criticize because they want that message to get to the leader but listen, they were talking about the disciples, but guess who answered? Jesus. And there's a little sad point that those that criticize, ridicule, and talk about you, and you just doing kingdom work, you don't have to say anything. Jesus will, will rebuke and correct those. And the Bible says that Jesus said that I did not come for the, the, the healthy. He says, I came for the sick. I, I did not come for the righteous. I came for sinners. And it's interesting that Jesus said that because according to the scripture, all are under sin. And, and this is my last point that I want you to write down that is that Jesus can change scandalous people. He can change scandalous people. Now, when I say can, it shows possibility. He's willing, but there's something that we must do. He's willing to heal you. He's willing to fix you. He's willing to change you, but you have to come to him. And the Bible says, he says that Jesus says, listen, I didn't come for the righteous. I didn't come for the righteous. And it's wild because in, 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 the, in the scriptures, God has concluded that everyone is in sin. Everyone is tainted, infected, infirmed by sin. And he said, I didn't come for those who are righteous. And Jesus was kind of talking to the Pharisees above their head because the Pharisees walked with their head high and thinking that they are so righteous and so holy. And Jesus like, listen, I didn't come for you. And there's some people today they think they all there. They think they all there in the bag of chips with the dips. They think they all there. They think they got their life together. That they too holy and too cute and too sophisticated. That they do not do anything wrong. And I'm here to tell you, child of God, if that's your attitude, guess what Jesus said? I didn't come for you. I can't do anything for you. But Jesus said for those who don't get it right. For those who can't get it right, for those who struggle, for those who keep on messing up, I got some good news for you. I got some good news that will transform your blues and make you feel brand new. I came for you. I'm a doctor that can heal the sick. He can heal you. He can heal a broken marriage. He can heal a broken relationship. He can heal you if you're struggling with an addiction. Jesus said, listen, and the great thing about Jesus is Jesus said, you don't have to get it right. I didn't tell Levi to get it right. I didn't tell Peter to get it right. The good news about Jesus is Jesus said, you can come just as you are. You can come just as you are. So Jesus said, listen, I didn't come. I didn't come for for." 
for the righteous. If you, you're righteous, I, I can't do anything for you. And God says that in order to come to me and receive my blessings, you got to own up to what you are. And in my eyes, you're a sinner. And only when you acknowledge who you are is what I can acknowledge who I am. And when I acknowledge who I am and I get with who you are, I make you a son and a child of God. I pour out my favor and my blessings upon you. So point number one, Jesus call scandalous people. Point number two, Jesus cares about scandalous people. Point number three, Jesus can change scandalous people. Jesus said, I am a doctor that came for the sick. I want to illustrate this as I close. I do not like going to the doctor. I hate going to the doctor. I don't know if it's a man thing. I don't know, but I just can't stand going to the doctor. It's like a couple years ago, I had an ailment. I had a sickness that, that was getting progressively worse. And I don't like going to the doctor. You know what I like doing? I got a doctor at home. The doctor is called Google. It's something about Google. You can have a particular symptom and just... Type that thing in in Google, and voila, it tells you exactly what is wrong with you. But every now and then, Google scares you because you may have a, you may have a little sore throat, and Google has you thinking you got cancer. But I can't stand going to the doctor. So I Googled my symptoms, and I started following the natural remedies and try to do everything, read books on it, try to figure out how can I fix myself fix myself naturally, fix myself based upon my own research. And guess what? I continually, progressively got worse and worse. It started to affect my quality of life. I started hating my life. I started regretting my life, the pain. I started regretting everything. And then finally, I got the courage to go to the doctor. So I go to the doctor, and the doctor runs a couple of tests. And the doctor said, listen, we know, I know exactly what is wrong with you. Based upon the test, you have this, 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 and all you got to do is, she wrote a prescription, all you got to do is take this medication. And if you take this medication, you will be, you, in a couple of weeks, you'll feel so much better. But I'm a stubborn man. I don't like taking medication. <laughs> I can't stand taking a medication. I go to the doctor and I have the prescription, and guess where I kept it? I didn't go to CVS. I didn't go to Walgreens. I kept it in my car. And I went back on Google, and I started typing on Google, natural remedies to fix you. And I kept on trying to fix myself over and over, and I progressively got worse and worse. Then it was follow-up time, and I come to the doctor. And the doctor said to me, Charlton, how are you doing? I said, I'm still not doing well. And then she said, have you been following my orders have you been doing what I told you to do? Did you take the medication? And I said, well, I went to Google, and I, I was trying to, I was trying. And she says, Charlton, let me tell you. I, she says, I have been to medical school. 
I have, I have studied the human body. I have seen this situation many times before. And I'm telling you, my goal is not to hurt you. It's not to harm you. My goal is to make you whole and to fix you. And if you are just willing to take the medication, and if you are just willing to follow the instructions, then I can make you whole. I can make your quality of life get better. And I tell you, child of God, I went home and I said, listen, I done tried everything else, but let me follow the doctor's orders. And I started taking the medication. And a couple of weeks later, my life got better. The pain was over. I felt like I could enjoy life again. And it's because I followed the doctor's orders. Well, child of God, I'm just wanting in, but there are some people today who are sinners, who can't get it right, who keep on messing up, who have broken relationships, broken marriages, broken problems, who are addicted to certain things, and you have tried to get yourself right again. You have tried to fix yourself. You have tried to numb your pain. You have tried to drink it away. You have tried to party it away. You have tried to go from one house to the next house away. You have tried everything else and you still you still feel empty and void. You are trying everything else, but I'm here to tell you that there is a physician that says, come to me. But then there's a second class of people who are in the church. You know that you don't get it right. You know that you can't fix it, and you have the sense to come to the doctor. But you come to the doctor, and the doctor tells you his word. He tells you the prescription. He tells you what you need to do to fix the areas of your life that is broken. He tells you what you need to do to have joy instead in peace instead of anxiety and depression. He tells you what to do. You come to church, you listen to the pastor preach, and you write the notes. But as soon as you go home, you put that thing away. And Jesus is asking you, why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I ask you to do? And because of that, you still struggling with that addiction. You still struggling with that broken relationship. But there are some, and I need some saints to testify, who just came to Jesus just as they were and said, Jesus fix me. Jesus changed me. And Jesus just told you what you need to do. And you realize you started to do what Jesus told you to do. And your life got better. Your quality of life got better. Your relationship got better. The thing that used to control you, now you control. You're more happy. You're more full of joy. I'm here to tell you, child of God, that there is a bomb in Gilead who can heal the wounded soul. There's a physician in the in the land that can fix your wounded soul. Just come to Jesus just as you are, and Jesus Christ can fix you. Not only can he fix you, the Bible says that he is able to keep you from falling, to keep you from that sin, to keep you from going to hell. He's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless as if you never ever sinned before God's presence with exceeding great joy. He is worthy to be celebrated to the only wise God. Be glory and honor, dominion and power, both now and forever. 
He is our great physician who can take skinless people. He cares for skinless people, and he can change skinless people and make them blessed people and childs and, and sons and daughters of God. May God bless you. If there's anyone here today that is struggling, that needs a physician, that you have rebelled against God, that you can't get it right, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the doctor that can fix you. May God bless your heart. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We pray this message has impacted you in a meaningful way. If you want to know more about how Jesus can change your life, we would love to connect with you further. Send an email to hello at refreshcommunity.church or come visit us at 829 North Hanley Road in University City, Missouri. Be sure to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening and see you next time.